what's left? You just punishing me? Yes, because God didn't. He just let you walk away without a scratch. I didn't kill her. I fucked her, okay? Americans don't eat enough. To share food makes a family. Do I look like someone who cares what God thinks? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. I'm getting a hundred cups of coffee, starting now. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Coffee machine? One cup of coffee, please. What an excellent day for an exorcism. My name is Jerry, and I'm a tabletop gamer who loves horror movies. Unfortunately, I dislike anything that tastes like coffee. And I'm John. I love coffee, horror movies, and some video games. Welcome to Coffee Flavored Horror. Uh, this is where we talk about the good, the bad, the horrifying, and the horrifyingly cheesy in film. Speaking of horrifying cheese, let's get to the talking. So, what's our movie this week? Unfortunately, I don't know why you like this one, but we're doing Castle Freak from 1995. I didn't say I like it. It's part of the Stuart Gordon Lovecraft movie, so I thought we should do it if we're going to do all four of them. So, uh, I will say right now, though, there is trigger warning. This movie does have sexual assault, and a cat does get killed off screen and eaten. So, just be aware of that for this movie. <laughs> so, uh, this movie was directed by Stuart Gordon, and he did From Beyond and mm-hmm. Reanimator, both of which we've reviewed previously. So go back and look at our past archives and you can listen to uh, how he took some Lovecraft stories and made something pretty good out of them. He also did Robot Jocks and Dagon and Space Truckers and Pit in the Pendulum. Okay, I've seen Dagon. What is Robo Jocks? Robot Jocks is giant robots fighting each other with really bad special effects. Space Truckers is just something you have to see. It's 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 uh, an adventure about space truckers. And the Pit in the Pendulum is is a dark tale of of Poe story. So um, very, very thematic. I'm kind of still stuck on Robot Jacks. Bad special effects. Giant mechs fighting. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good for its time. It was watchable, but it's not good. So this movie stars Jeffrey Combs as John Riley. Jeffrey Combs was in From Beyond mm-hmm. and Reanimator, both which we watched. He was also in. Robot Jocks. He was in Star Trek The Next Generation, DS9, Star Trek Voyager, Star Trek Lower Decks. Been almost all the Star Treks. Uh, he was also in The Frighteners, which is another movie I love. Really? He was in The Frighteners? Yeah, he's the evil doctor. He's the, he's the, the psychiatrist who's turned to a ghost at the end. Oh. Uh, we also have Barbara Crampton, another Stuart Gordon regular. She plays Susan Riley, John's wife. She was also in From Beyond. She was also in Reanimator. She was in Body Double. She was in Chopping Mall. Oh, God, Chopping Mall. She was in Robot Wars. She was also in Space Trucker. She was in Lords of Salem and she was in Puppet Master. She's got a, a long pedigree of horror movies. Just a great movie. Great actress. Yes, she is. We have Jessica Dollaride as Rebecca Riley. Uh, she's mostly on TV. She was on in Living Color, Major Dad, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, like an, an episode here, episode there. This was pretty much her biggest thing. We have Jonathan Fuller as Giorgio the Freak and he was in Campfire Tales and Blackstop Boneyard. Oh, Campfire Tales is actually a really good. Not a bad actor. So tell us about the box office on this. So it had no box office, you know, straight to video film. Producer uh, Charles Bain gave Gordon $500,000 to make this movie. It it definitely made money on video and it made money uh, definitely on HBO and all that kind of stuff. Because it only made $500,000. So this movie pretty much has a very loose plot. A lot of which we're going to talk about in a second was kind of kind of done as a spur of the moment. So the basic plot of this movie is that uh, there's a duchess in an Italian castle. And she dies. So her distant relative, John Riley, played by Jeffrey Combs, arrives to inherit the ancient uh, castle in Italy. Uh, John is having difficulties with his marriage due to his alcoholism because his alcoholism results in a car crash that killed his son, JJ, and blinded his daughter, Becca, played by Jessica Dalride. 
Because of this, John's wife, Susan, played by Barbara Crampton, is distant and refuses any intimacy with her husband. So it's an estranged family with John, Susan, and their blind daughter, Becca, coming to the castle. <laughs> However, the castle's haunted by a freakish monster uh, who happens to be the Duchess's son, and she's the, he's the son by John's father. This comes out later on in the movie. This monster is a freak that's been kept hidden for decades, beaten nightly by his mother for what he looks like. Uh, but after she dies, the creature escapes. And once it escapes, it begins stalking uh, Rebecca and ends up murdering anybody who comes to visit the castle, including the new housekeeper, several policemen, and a woman John brings back to the castle after he's rejected by his wife. Dun, dun, dun. In the end, Susan distracts the monster from abusing her daughter. This allows John to wrestle with the creature, uh, which allows him to grab the freak and toss both of them off the top of the castle to their deaths, where his wife finally forgives him. That's the plot. There's a little more going on. There's a police officer involved who happens to be involved with the woman that John brings back to the castle. So there's some back and forth. Uh, turns out that his attorney is also the brother to the housekeeper who gets killed. So everybody's after everybody in this movie. It's a little convoluted, but it's, 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 it's got its ways. It's not a great film, but it's, it's definitely kind of a classic. Kind of, <laughs> I guess. It, because of how, how little it cost to make and the fact that it was part of the Lovecraft cycle, it gets tossed in with a lot of other Stuart Gordon movies. So, okay. Um, it was even remade later on. Yeah, I, I found that out that uh, they actually remade this movie. So, um, so tell us a little bit about the castle this movie was filmed in. So th this is really cool. Charles Band owns this castle in real life. And uh, he just lets people like film. Hey, you want to make a horror movie? Film my, film my castle in Italy. Yep. <laughs> and he, I guess he also owns, uh, I didn't know he owned, uh, he's a producer of Full Moon, Full Moon Pictures. Apparently also the pit in the pendulum was actually filmed in the same place where they filmed uh, Castle Freak. He's got the castle. It's a good place to film. It's definitely a horror movie castle. It works very well. It, it definitely is the like standalone. Hey, this this castle belongs in a horror movie. So coming up with this movie, this is very, very loosely based on H.P. Lovecraft's story, The Outsider, which is a man who escapes from captivity and wanders around and everybody flees from him in terror. Um, and he doesn't know why. He just feels like an outsider until he finally walks in front of a mirror where he sees his own reflection and sees that he's a deformed freak. That's the entire short story, and that's the entire basis that they based this movie on, and from there they tried to write a plot around it. Oh, dear God. Really? Uh, it, was, it was made on a shoestring budget with no plot. Charles Band had a poster on the wall that just said Castle Freak and an image of a woman whipping a hunchback, which is the opening of the movie. He was talking to Stuart Gordon and said, basically, you've made some other movies for me. Here, I'll give you $500,000 to make a movie. You can use my castle, and it just has to have a castle in it and a freak in it. And that's the basis for it. Um, so Gordon had an idea of kind of what he wanted to do. He wanted to have the scene where the monster sees a reflection and, and, and shatters the glass and everything. So he got the cast and crew together before filming and basically crowdforced them for ideas that what would be scary in the film. And then he used some of their ideas and encouraged creativity and suggestions. Like, what would be scary? It'd be scary if the blind girl was walking down, was stumbling down the stairs. Or it'd be scary if this creature was spying on somebody from, the, from behind. Or it'd be scary if the mother found a body shoved up into a smokestack of the kitchen. So, they were making this up as they went along. That's great. According to Jonathan Fuller, who played Giorgio the Freak, this entire movie was filmed in just about a month. It started in mid-June, and it was finished on July 9th. <laughs> Apparently, Band showed up on July 8th and said, we got to wrap this movie up, and they just wrapped it up on July 9th, and that was the end of it. So this was a, a low-budget, rush-to-cinema kind of movie where they were just kind of making stuff up as they went along. And with that in mind, it's not a bad film that way it's not a great movie but it's not a bad film they did a good job with the, the special effects are interesting and that kind of thing 
it could have used better directing. It could have used a, a little more. Yeah, I mean, we have also have a freak running around in his tidy whities in this movie. Yes, <laughs> yes. But tell us about. There's another reason that Gordon took this movie for such a low budget. Yeah, he figured uh, it'd be a, a challenge. It also wouldn't be rated. Correct. So he has the final say in all the you know what gets cut, what doesn't get cut. Going straight to video meant that he didn't have to go through the MPAA, so he could put whatever he wanted on it. Yeah, and he he did. I think <laughs> the movie made money for the for the for the studio. They easily made their money back in video rental and everything else. Because by that time, Stuart Gordon had a name for making Lovecraft movies and also a name for making horror movies. Plus, Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton both had good name recognition in horror movies and with Stuart Gordon and the fact they'd acted together several times. That's why a bunch of us saw it when it came out and rented it. So let's, let's get into the, the nitty gritty of other things that we liked and didn't like about this movie. So one of the good things I thought about this movie, I mean, the story is, it's good, you know, it's, it's a decent story. You know, you have, you know, the, the freak, you know, he gets loose and does his little weird stuff. And, you know, you, you also get kind of like the story about the family and the hardships they went through. Like the storyline's great. It's just kind of I don't know. I felt when you put everything together, it doesn't really work for me. But I understand why people would like this movie. It's sloppily told. Yeah, it that, that's it. They reveal things in an awkward way. I agree with you. I think that part of the problem is the relationship between Barbara Crampton's character and Jeffrey Combs's character, where all she does is just belittle him and needle him through the entire movie. Oh yeah. And he keeps saying he wants to get better and she won't forgive him is realistic, but means that you don't really like her and you don't really like him because he makes some stupid yes, decisions but... too. The, the, the family doesn't, it's, it's not a happy family. And so as a result, you're not pulling for anybody. And Becca being blind would have been a sympathetic character if Jessica Dollaride could act her way out of a freaking paper bag. Uh, she is so bad at acting in this movie. <laughs> she can't even act like a blind girl. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. So that that that's part of why the movie kind of falls apart because the freak is 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 terrifying. He's got this weird sheet costume that makes him look like a like a partial mummy with a deformed face and everything. It's every time I see him, all you picture you see he's wearing that like Charlie Brown ghost sheet, or he's running around in his little tidy whities. It gets even more terrifying once he's once once he loses the the tidy whities because his genitals have been deformed. If you want to see mutated hanging dong, you get to see some unfortunately and that's an image in my mind that's never going to leave now part of this is that they don't show you a lot of the freak early on this movie does a really good job with lighting uh the freak is kept in silhouette for a while mm -hmm. but even when you can't see what he looks like you always can tell what he's doing they don't use darkness and lighting to hide the action they use darkness and lighting to hide what the monster looks like until the reveal so you know it's going to be something horrible but you don't know what but you never go, gee, what's he doing? Why is he doing that? Which I think is good, which is, which is Gordon's skill as a director. He does that a lot. The lighting in this is also great because, you know, dark rooms, yes, they, you can see they're dark. But at the same time, you can still see things in that room a little. Yeah, it's not like pitch black and you're just like, what, what was that? Was that something? I don't know. You know? That was something bad. It's going to get bad. It's going to get worse. Yes. Now, there are some huge plot holes in this. Uh, the biggest one being that when the prostitute that he brings home disappears and then eventually was, is murdered by the castle freak, there's a cop who's been involved with them since the beginning, and this cop is put on the case. What's the problem with this cop? He's the baby's daddy of the prostitute. 
and he's investigating the murder. Who who does that? They let the baby daddy for the prostitute's son investigate her murder. Everybody knows he's involved with her. That's actually why he's so upset when she's at the bar and uh, John doesn't realize that he's talking to a prostitute. He just thinks he's talking to a woman. The cop keeps giving him a hard time because the cop is her boyfriend, but he's not going to keep her from going home with him. It's only after they go back and she eventually seduces John and he, you know, cheats on his wife with her that she tells him that she's a prostitute. Unfortunately, she doesn't make it out of the castle alive after that. Right. The cop is abusive afterwards. He's very nasty. He's he's causing a lot of trouble. His baby mama just got killed by the castle freak over here. Even back then, even in the 80s, you would not let yeah. the, the Well, the I, I that. guess you could say that, they're, you know, they're in another country type thing. Yeah, but everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, the other detectives are are basically like, you know, yeah, we shouldn't leave him alone with this guy. It, it's it gets it gets pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. That being said, the movie does have some pretty horrific scenes, some of which are just weird. Well, not only that, I mean, let's 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 jump into horrific. There's a. A few cheesy things on this movie, especially uh, the blind girl chasing a cat. Yes. Like she's chasing like she can still see the thing. And she's like, come here, kitty, come here. Running down a hallway, turning around corners and chasing a cat down the stairs. Uh-huh. Like I said, she can't even act like she's blind. <laughs> that, that, that part alone just killed me in that movie. It's it's definitely out there. Or one of the other things is Jonathan is uh, looking around the castle for, you know, they think he, they hear a noise and he walks in this room and sees all these like chairs with, with uh, you know, like a sheet over it. And then when he leaves, the castle free kind of just stands up like he was pretending to be a chair. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, uh, what, what? You, 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 that's another part that just killed me in this movie. I was like, uh, you, you, I can't stand this right now. This is really bothering me. <laughs> oh, I, I, I liked that part. I thought that was good. I didn't. <laughs> Because the freak doesn't know how to deal with things initially. They missed a couple of story beats in there. Uh, one of them being that uh, Rebecca, now that she's blind, keeps talking about how she just wants to meet a, a guy. It doesn't matter what he looks like as long as, you know, he's nice to her. That's who she wants to eventually marry. And here's this horrible, twisted freak, except that he's just a horrible creature. <laughs> yeah, I mean. But I wasn't sure they were going with that. That was good. Uh, there's also a scene where they're walking through and they find the children's room. And in the children's room, all of the dolls, are hung from the ceiling like they're on a gallows. <laughs> it's like a gallows room full of hanging dolls. And it just it just sets this, the stage for how creepy this 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 movie can be. The castle itself is pretty terrifying. It's it's not a great place to live. But it looks so good on film. Yeah. Now Giorgio, the freak, isn't a sympathetic character. And when he attacks people, he's pretty brutal. John, what are some of the things that Giorgio does? One of the things he does is he jumps on this cop and just eats the eye of, out of the cop's head. Just plucks that little bad boy out and just pops it in his mouth. But then he attacks uh, Sylvia and he's just, you know, he's just holding her down. He's like chomping away at her, just eating a piece of her uh, flesh off. He is brutal in his attacks. For me, because I love animals, one of the horrifying things for me is when after Becca's chasing the cat, the cat runs down by the doggy door next to the cell where Giorgio's being held. And after she walks away, you suddenly see. His arm come out and grab the cat. You hear the cat scream, and then you hear the cat get pulled back through, and the crunching, gooing sounds as the cat scream. It's it's luckily no animal violence on screen, but it's still disturbing. Probably more disturbing than him eating the cop's eyes out. One of the things that really got me was uh, when he's first trying to escape, and he's like he he's uh, all uh, 
cuffed to the like the wall and stuff. And he yes. ends up biting his own yes. thumb off to get the manacles off. And yeah. To like you know pull his hand out of, the, out of the cuffs. I was like, oh, this man just bit his own thumb off to get out of here. It works. It's got its own level of horror. I do enjoy the scene towards the end when Susan and Becca and John are all trying to fight Giorgio off at the same time, and Giorgio comes and there's just a solid heel right to the crotch kick to the balls. I'm like, there you go. I felt that. It was horrible. <laughs> yes. But so at the end of the day, this is a movie that that has some storytelling to it. it I haven't seen the remake. And I don't know if the remake could be better or worse than this. After watching this, I kind of do want to see the remake just to see what, if they did anything different or they added something. That's that, that's a good point. It's definitely got some horror to it. Right. It's got a little bit of story to it. And Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton as always, act the hell out of themselves in this movie. I mean, you don't like Susan. Susan is just brutal in her punishment of John. Right, yes. John does bad things after that. Like, she's blaming him for things. It's not the things that he's doing that are horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she blames him. uh, So he goes off and gets a prostitute. He still should not have gone out and got a prostitute. But it's it's just, it's, it's it's a thing down there. Then she finally forgives him at the end after he saves her daughter, so... Yeah, I, I really didn't like the end of this movie. I really, I had the all, they both like kind of like jumped off and they both died. And she's like, oh, I finally forgave my husband because he sacrificed himself. It's like, you've been like be- pen hecking this man the entire movie. It's not good. It doesn't end up good. As far as that's concerned, what kind of body count we got in this movie? Well, five plus what? Giorgio and, and the, the Duchess. So around there. Yeah, we, we have a couple of policemen. We've got um, the prostitute. The prostitute, yep. We have uh, Jonathan, and we have the housekeeper, plus a cat. Yeah. And then, of course, Giorgio and the Duchess. The Duchess just dies from natural causes. Yeah, she just dies in her sleep. Oh, I forgot. Did you see the one part uh, when uh, Jonathan's like, look, looking through the Duchess's room, and he reaches under the bed and finds like the flogger? Yes. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit, she's doing some kinky-ass shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, that, that was kind of funny. I mean, this, this, there is some funny parts in this movie. We've watched worse movies. Yes, we seen worse. It's it's worth watching if you're if, especially if you're a, a full moon fan. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking it out. So, Jerry, what would you uh, what would you do? Would you drink the co- coffee flavored horror or would you rewatch this movie? Uh, I don't think I'd watch this movie again. I'm glad I saw oh. it. I saw it years ago and I'd forgotten about it. I'm glad we saw it again for this because. I'm I'm a completionist and I like I like uh, I like the other three Stuart Gordon H.P. Lovecraft movies. I like Re- Reanimator, From Beyond, and right. Dagon. But uh, this one is not great. Uh, if you're H.P. Lovecraft, it does feel like an H.P. Lovecraft movie, uh, not a Cuthonian H.P. Lovecraft movie, but a Stranger in the Unknown kind of thing. So I, I I don't know. I guess I'd maybe drink a cup of coffee to watch it again. I would not. I would uh, definitely avoid this movie. Yeah. I, I mean, I watched it once. I could say I seen it. I'm not coming back anytime soon to, you know, finish it up. But I will watch the remake just to see what, uh, if they did anything or added. So we'll have to catch up with it. All right. As we wrap this up, we'd like to say thank you again to some of the Facebook groups out there that let us promote this show on their uh, channels. Uh, there's Candyland Night Terrors. And uh, we also have Horror Hoodlums. And uh, John and Chris and I often jump on there a couple times a week to partake in some of the shenanigans they have there, like Thirsty Thursday and Werewolf Wednesday and everything. Jump on in and uh, give them a look. And that's it for this week. Have a freakishly good night.